I'm Jay Barron here. I am the founder of Madtown with, as usual, Rusty Hall, longtime lead engagement professional. That is right. And we are here with the Growth Marketing for Accounting podcast. We're going to start doing this podcast weekly. Um, and Madtown, we are a consulting and marketing firm for accounting firms. So that's obviously why we're going to talk about this. And today we want to talk about why your accounting firm marketing or why your accounting firm content marketing isn't working. You know, we see a lot of firms right now, they are really struggling with how to build successful content right now, Rusty. Well, it's kind of a hard thing to do, right? Um, a lot of people kind of think, oh, content marketing means I'm going to be doing some blog posts. I'm going to have a couple of good white papers put out there. Um, and they're, they're really trying to just develop the assets without really thinking about why are they developing those assets. It's almost like we're going to do this thing because it's popular. We know we need it right. and we know what we need, but we don't really know what all goes into it. So that's part of the challenge of it. Yeah, and I, I think what's really unfortunate you know, with, with content marketing and why firms are failing is I think actually a lot of marketing agencies and consulting firms have actually sold accounting firms on this kind of this bullshit dream that if they just kind of create blogs regularly, they're actually going to just start passively bringing in leads. And we just want to really drive home that it doesn't work like that. You know, a lot of firms, they need to build a plan first. They can't just be growing bodies of content around tax updates and tax changes and sales tax, which is what you know, a lot of firms do right now. You really got to start executing a plan consistently over time. Yeah, and a lot of content marketing firms, you know, they kind of have a template that they go by and they say, well, you're going to do this, you know, X number of posts, X number right. of uh, white papers, but they don't really give you what, what are those going to look like? Why are you doing those? Right. It's, it's just kind of the content uh, marketing rinse repeat thing um, that they've used in every other situation without kind of tailoring that to your specific number one industry, which some do a pretty good job of, but number two, your specific like target market within yep. that industry. Like, how do you differentiate yourself? And that's what should be driving the kind of the, the content, well, the content in that content basically is what we're getting at. Right. And I think that's where, you know, what I always like to sum up is maybe we can give some reasons, you know, why firms aren't getting results and, and kind of touch on what you talked about is, you know, a lot of firms that they're targeting this off right now. They're not really spending the time to create buyer personas or their firm isn't even properly positioned right now. They have their target audience is, is really too broad. So like a lot of firms, they say, well, you know, we, we can help all small businesses. So we're just going to kind of create content that that's kind of geared towards small businesses, towards entrepreneurs. And the problem is there's already so many blogs and content out there on that topic that, that it's impossible to really gain, tra uh, gain, gain traction. You know, I think a great example about this is, you know, Let's say you had a blog, you know, five years ago about cryptocurrency, you know, Bitcoin and things like that before that ever took off. If you wrote a blog five years ago, that blog is huge today because you got in yeah. before that topic ever took off. If you tried to write a blog on cryptocurrency today, you know, you would you would you would fail. And that's what a lot of firms are doing. They're like, oh, I'll just create, you know, a tax and accounting blog and I'm just going to go after small businesses. Well, there's there's millions of websites and billions of search results that appear on Google that that impact your ability to target that audience. Yeah, and a lot of people are, like you said, just kind of late to the game here. And one of the things that you see, especially with the uh, the popularity of content marketing, is uh, everybody knows they, they need it and they want to jump on so quick. So the bandwagon effect is just, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a really small window now that you've got to get in those conversations. So for your example, for like the cryptocurrency thing, um, you know, a, a new uh, you know a new topic opens up. Somebody really wants to take it over. Well, there's already going to be 20 people that are 
competing, you know, right. or more. And, and it's amazing how quickly this stuff propagates. So if you're not in there in like the yep. first couple weeks now, you're already behind the eight ball yeah. on trying to capitalize on uh, on topics in the news. Yeah, and I don't want to make this podcast about it, but that's why positioning is, is so important to actually position your firm and identify, okay, who is our current target? You know, who can we help better than anybody else? And actually reducing your competition. So when you position your firm, that's what you're doing. You're reducing the alternatives to hiring your firm, which means you're probably one of the very few firms that are actually creating content around that niche. Well, I know that we're not specifically talking about positioning, but it, it really is key when we're thinking about this stuff because, you know, kind of a strong position is kind of being where the ball's going to be kind of a yep. scenario, right? Like there's a lot of content marketing firms who are like, oh, let's hijack news. Let's do a news hijack and try to get something. Well, again, yeah. what we just said is you're already behind. The but tax laws are great example that just came exactly. out. A lot of firms are doing that. So, you know, if you're an accounting firm, you're super strong in tax and, and, and law and, uh, and you, you've got a solid base and a solid position for there, you're already positioned to kind of capitalize and take advantage on that news because you've already got a good kind of thought leadership base yep. behind that. So it's really about having that strong position and then finding the right timing uh, when, you know, topics that are relevant to your positioning come up and capitalizing right. on those. Yeah. So let's say, let's say you are properly positioned or, you know, you're, you're targeting you have a good target with your content. One of the next thing you need to be really doing is identifying that that firm's pain points. And this is where again a lot of firms struggle. You'll see a lot of ter- a lot of times. I would say there's there's firm leadership where they can spit out their pain points. You can talk to anybody. Hey, we know our clients' pain points. But when I ask firms, have you actually validated those pain points and actually asked your clients to make sure? those are actually valid pain points, you're really met with blank stares, I think. Well, it's one of the, you, we see it a lot too, you know, people kind of develop these opinions in a vacuum, right? Yep. Um, you know what you do, you know what you do well, and you know what you w- would like to be solving for your client, uh, but are you actually solving what, what is important to them, right? You could be missing the mark if you're not doing that kind of feedback loop of, yep. uh, you know, make that strong position, like we said, in, in, uh, in your value proposition, but always be reassessing that to make sure that what the, the need that you're meeting is actually the need your client wants you to meet. Yep. Yeah, it's really about validating those pain points. I mean, one thing we always recommend is actually doing voice of customer research, so actually researching out to your customers and validating their pain points through, you know, we can do interviews and we can do email. Email is great actually, because you can reach, you know, 200, 300 of your clients Scale. very quickly. Correct. You know, so it's extremely scalable, you know, and then you can start learning not just about their pain points, but what exi- anxieties they have when, when trying to buy buy your service. So we can actually touch on that in your content then. What's their desired outcome even? So we can actually, again, we can create that content. So when a prospect comes in, they start reading, let's say your blog content. It's not only we solve this problem, here's the outcomes we get. Well, and the other thing that kind of, it kind of leads us right into that is once you start getting that feedback, you can kind of get a sense of, uh, you know, what is the, what does your buyer's journey look like? Yep. Um, what kind of content is somebody who's just doing research? Maybe what are they consuming? What's relevant to them versus somebody who's already in like an evaluation phase? Yeah. Um, and you can you can kind of start to, to parse that content out into a definable buyer's journey of you know interest and awareness content um, versus your guys who uh, have already done their due diligence they know who you are they know the problems you solve and your expertise and then uh, and they're already uh, they're ready for a conversation with you and they get there so I yeah. think uh, keeping that in mind as you kind of go through your content and thinking about how they're going to consume it uh, is uh, is an important thing that often gets overlooked yep and I know we've talked about actually doing the buyer's journey uh, and actually mapping that out into a podcast, so we're not going to do that right now. But the buyer's journey is probably one of the biggest gaps in content marketing that firms actually 
don't fulfill. So they'll either create, like I said, a lot of blog content, but they don't have any content around that middle stage and that, that research stage. And then when they're actually ready to make a buying decision, that outcome stage, so that'd be like your case studies and stuff like that. So a lot of firms miss that buyer's journey. They don't really have one mapped out. They don't understand, all right, I need to, to educate my prospects. You know, that's again, your blog content. Then I need to engage my prospects. It could be infographics, intergra uh, interactive tools. It can even be white papers and things like that. You know, and then I need to convert my prospects. So how can I actually convert them? That'll be you know, your case studies potentially and things like that. Some your gated content uh, that you can actually convert the prospect. Yeah, and I should make the point too that uh, when we're talking about this stuff, um, I talk with a lot of people who are, you know, we, we've got so many infographics and so many blog posts and a lot of people kind of tend to think about, you know, blog posts as kind of that top level content, but it doesn't have to be. Right. Um, depending on what you're putting into that blog post and, and what you want somebody to come away with and the questions that uh, you want Want them to ask after yep. having that uh, a blog post can be can be top funnel it can be middle funnel it can it can be decision just kind of based on um, the topic rather than the format and I think yep. a lot of content marketers a lot of people new to content marketing um, they they focus on the format rather than the buyer stage and, yep. and, the, and the content in there yeah and that's why it's so important to do like a ruthless audit of what exists now a lot of firms actually have tons of content that doesn't even necessarily exist on the website they've done like research reports and things like that or they have white papers mm -hmm. they just need to figure out where it actually sits in the buyer's journey and actually start to map that out um, and then we also like I said recommend so as you're doing that content audit determining which content doesn't work so you, if you've identified your target audience you've mapped out their pain points look at your content and say this content doesn't work we're gonna remove it or rework it if people actually aren't visiting that content again we recommend just removing it. it doesn't have any value right now nobody's engaged with it let's just remove it and get better content yeah and when you say rework it that can often be just something like flipping the format on it right so you may have a killer blog post it's not getting you any traction maybe uh, maybe it it would be something that's better suited um, for like an infographic you could take it and adapt it to there but yep. one that we see that's really successful is uh, sort of kind of what we promote right take your your genius blog post and convert that into a podcast maybe it's not getting the traction because people don't want to sit there and read it the information may be good but it's just how people need to consume it so yep. doing something like a podcast heck even you know like a, a, a YouTube video short YouTube video on a YouTube channel um, keep that keep that messaging and that content there just flip the format and yep. see if we get you see if you get better traction in a different format for some of this stuff yeah and i mean this podcast came from a blog post we wrote how to get 100 clients a year an excellent blog post i might add mr j <laughs> definitely <laughs> is if definitely i say is. so <laughs> so and that's what's great is actually when a lot of firms they can start to realize they can actually repurpose content um we'll get to that probably a little bit later too as we discuss like cornerstone assets which we talked about uh, during the last podcast, but you know, you can have a white paper or even a blog post. You can turn that into a podcast. You can turn that into a webinar and even to touch on, you know, your idea of depth of content too, where, you know, a blog kind of becomes more of like an article because it's more in depth. I mean, it's so easy. I mean, I've had times where I'm like, this blog post is going to be 500 words only. I wrote it out and it ended up being 2000 words. I mean, this happens to me probably 80% of the time that once you kind of start writing, you start figuring out a direction, you just start getting a lot of depth. I got you. Yeah. So what are kind of the first steps when we're looking for developing some of this content? When we're talking with a firm, like we're talking internal teams, we're, we're talking to uh, sales stakeholders. What, right. where, where, where would you like, you're coming in uh, doing this kind of ruthless content audit as you right. put it, who would be some of the first people that we'd want to bring into that? Yeah, I mean, I think firm partners obviously and sales is good because you want to figure out what content are you guys using? So sometimes content 
doesn't get views and things like that. So you definitely want to bring people and say, is there content that we have available that you're, we're regularly, regularly sending to clients or prospects that actually helps us? What is that content and how can we repurpose that and reuse it? So I mean, that's definitely you know one area. Um, the, other, the other big thing is actually to look at your analytics. So take a look at your Google Analytics and say, okay, let's, let's review all of our content and let's figure out what content people aren't reading that we can actually get rid of. Because again, it has no value whatsoever. And if you want to start talking about SEO and stuff like that, you actually lose some of your SEO juice by having that content sit there and it's not actually get, gaining you any value. Yeah, and that's the other thing with content marketing. And I think kind of the, uh, the, you know, the sell on it has been just create more, create more, yep. kind of pump content into the problem, as it were, rather than looking for that kind of strategic content that's actually going to solve the issue. Um, you know, people think, well, we, we need... We, We've got all these different, uh, you know, business lines that we cover. So we need to have all this content for everything. Everything needs its own white paper. Right. Um, everything we do needs to have its own case study, right? And that's, uh, you know, that's really missing the mark on it, right? That's uh, that's just flooding with content rather than trying to yeah. find that, you know, that silver bullet that's really going to sit solid in yeah. your content. Yeah. It, it firms need to be strategic. It's not about the volume and the amount of words necessarily. Right. But a lot of people fall for that. Yep. yep. And again, I think that's, that's, that's on us as consultants. A lot of people preach, oh, just, just start blogging. Like that's all you need to do. And unfortunately, blogging is only 20% of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It, there's just a few other things I think when you're trying to measure your content, one issue I see a lot of firms is say, you know, our content doesn't generate leads. We don't get any results. And it's because a lot of firms don't realize how much time it actually takes. I mean, we, we've seen it takes nine to 18 months if you're regularly creating content to actually start cultivating an audience, proving that you are an expert in that target audience that you've identified, you understand their pain points. And it's also about measuring that content. So a lot of people measure it on a one-to-one -one level. They say, well, that post didn't generate a lead for us, so that post didn't work. Or they look at a last-click scenario always. So, oh, that lead, the last click was they went to our Contact Us page or they went to the home page, didn't read any blog content, which isn't really how it works. A lot of times they might read three, four, 10, 20 blog posts and white papers and things like that through several weeks, but that doesn't get measured properly. Yeah, and I should jump in here too. Uh, one of the things that you kind of see is um, you know, don't don't get confused here too with the bandwagon effect, right? If when we say developing kind of a content strategy and, and we're talking about this longer time frame to actually get content that kind of moves people forward and makes right. you like a, a leader in your particular target that you're going for, every time you change position, you're kind of starting over, right? Yep. So uh, let's say you do fall victim to one of these news hijack things and there's a new topic that hits the news and you want to jump on that and capitalize on that. So now all of a sudden you're going to change you're going to change direction by putting some of this content out that's really kind of you know a stretch yeah it's popular sure it's going to get clicks but it doesn't really inform your leads and your prospects about you it's just yeah. a, a way to you know they're going to see the headline they're going to click on your stuff um but they're never going to come back and they're never going to see you yeah. again yeah and that's again where most firms fall victim is they just do tax updates tax law changes and that's great if you, if you want to do taxes, but if you're trying to get to that strategic advisor role, you need to be thinking above that. You can't be doing those those tax. I mean, I see big firms and that's all really their blog is. It's just 
tax law changes, tax updates. And if you want to do tax returns, great. Like that's the type of business you're going to get. But if, again, if you're trying to become a strategic advisor, which where a lot of firms are going right now, you need to start getting strategic with your content. And that should be just a small piece of it, not the first thing that prospects see. And I would also say if, you know, in, in the case of the accounting firms, you know, there are a lot of updates that you have to stay on top of, you know, just to stay in the conversation. Um, you know, it's kind of one of those kind of have tos as far as tax updates and things. Right. Spin that off into kind of its own channel, right? Right? So that yep. people know there's a difference between your kind of news have to updates versus your kind of content, uh, your content thought leadership stuff. Tax update blog. That's all yeah, you need. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And yeah, it shouldn't be a major driver of your content strategy, actually. Um, so that's kind of, you know, some of the pain points and that there are issues that kind of go on with content marketing. I know there was a lot there. It's really about identifying your target audience. That really includes, like I said, finding your niche. Uh, there, we could talk about niche for hours, so we don't want to get too in-depth But in that. staying true to it as well. Yes. Yep. And you know, a lot of firms do that too, is that they'll write, and then they'll, two months in, oh, we didn't gain any traction, so we're just going to go, we're going to either quit this or write about something else. Yeah. Validate pain points. I think that's really important. Not just, well, determine the pain points and then validate them by actually asking your, your prospects and your clients what their pain points are. Um, that, that's going to be critical as well. Yeah. I mean, sit in on some sales conversations, see yep. what that's like, you know, um, you know when you're when you're uh, selling the selling your service right yep. you want to know what what's coming up in those conversations and is the content that you know I'm going after and I'm trying to deliver the blog post am I answering those questions or right. am I missing the mark because yep. I think I know what the problem is yep do do a ruthless audit of what currently exists determine where there's gaps start mapping out that buyer's journey so this is good content this content doesn't work for our clients um, and then map where that is in this stage is this early stage content late stage is this going to be uh, you know, bring prospects in, or is this kind of more interactive type content? And examine those formats. Uh, you know, uh, you know, is it is is this blog post good for a podcast? Is this blog post solid enough for a webinar? Should I take this white paper uh, and turn it into a webinar or a U or a YouTube uh, you know video clip? Um, don't be afraid to flip that format and yeah. see if that's an impact on uh, performance yeah. for that content. Right. So once you've kind of started to do that, I think we can really get into you know what does a content strategy actually look like for firms? All then? right. Now we're getting down to it. I like it. <laughs> right? And so th the first thing we talked about during the, the, the last podcast, and this just makes content marketing so much easier for firms, is to start with that cornerstone asset. And what that is, is that that's that really big piece of content. And I should say too, this thing is going to kind of sit, uh, we were talking about, you know, the stages of the funnel and the, and, you know, the, the journey that you go through on where you map your content. This thing kind of sits over all of that, actually. This is this is both the net and the hook, if you will, right. to bring back the fishing analogy. Um, so this thing's really important. And again, it is an investment, as we said in the previous podcast. Um, but for the mileage you get out of a, a good kind of cornerstone asset, um, it's going to be uh, one of the biggest drivers of your content strategy. Yep. Yeah, I mean, we have a cornerstone asset, our positioning guide for professional service firms or for accounting firms. I mean, that generates hundreds of downloads a year. We promote the heck out of it. Um, we have been using that now for over for over two years. Over a, over a thousand firms have downloaded it. Um, so that kind of gives you an idea of what that cornerstone asset can do. I mean, most firms are lucky to get a hundred a yeah. hundred leads a year just from their website, and we're getting hundreds just from one piece of content that we have available. And, and a lot of what we're able to create the content outside of that is, uh, you know, segments of that that support that cornerstone yep. asset. It's easy to go back and look and see. Well, we want to talk more in depth and specifically about this uh, this part of uh, of that positioning 
guide. Yep. Um, and you can spin that out into stuff that is still true to your positioning. Yep. Uh, and also, you know, relevant for uh, for the folks and prospects who have already seen that guide. It's like yep. a deeper dive into it. Yeah. And the, I mean, the interesting thing is too, a lot of firms kind of have a cornerstone asset that exists. Just doesn't exist on the website. So a lot of firms that, you know, especially the older firms, they did old school thought leadership. So they wrote in magazines and they did speaking yeah. engagements and stuff like that. And if they can find that content and turn it into a cornerstone asset, that's great. Otherwise, the other big thing they can do is like a research report. And I'm really surprised a lot of firms don't do more of this. Where if you have maybe clients within that target market, you could you could literally survey them, do an interview. Um, and actually create a research around a research report around the data for that industry, and that's going to gain a lot of legs. So that's kind of to help get you started. Is again that that first piece of that cornerstone asset. And the other big benefit is if you do, let's say you hire out someone to to create that cornerstone asset or to, to help you create it. Cornerstone assets are going to save you so much money because you can take that one big piece of content and then spin it into several several smaller pieces of content to promote that asset. Yeah, and the other thing about that, I want to touch back on that kind of uh, customer client uh, feedback and research that you talked about with us. You have kind of a unique position, right? If you're a, a firm with a, a specific talent and you've got a specific book of clients, that's going to help you attract more clients that look like those yep. where you're successful, right? So if you release a report where you already have a, a, a book of feedback that your clients in a specific uh, target have given you, specific industry say, um, that you're going to attract more people for that specific industry where you already know that you've been successful. So it's it's kind of, you know, it's a self-propagating thing, right? The more you have, the better the data for that specific uh, target and the more people are going to be interested from that target. So it even broadens your data set that you're yep. able, to, able to pull from. Right. So now if, if your firms you've identified or you've worked out your cornerstone asset, let's kind of keep going in, in what that, that content program actually looks like. So one of the biggest things is is obviously creating blog posts. Again, we talked about this during the last podcast is your goal is to create 2,000 words a month of, of, of content. And this content really is to actively promote that cornerstone asset. So what you're doing is you're creating you know three to five blog posts. And again, you can pull this from the cornerstone asset. You're not you know copying it direct, but you can rework that asset and turn it into smaller pieces of content that help promote the cornerstone asset. So they'll link back to the cornerstone asset. So those blog posts, are driving traffic that's your traffic generator and then and then your blog uh, the blog posts then point to the cornerstone asset which is your lead generator and that's how you start generating leads and that's the the nice thing is you know then you're writing blog posts in support of uh, in support of this thing yep um, and it's really doing the doing the work right it's doing the conversion right they're coming away with the right questions to ask you they're coming away with the, the right feeling of your uh, expertise and your yep. leadership so um, so you've got it right so we're talking about blog posts and and you've got the cornerstone asset, but now like, where, where are we gonna promote this thing, Jay? Like what's the, we gotta heavy promote this thing. Yep. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, like I said, there is the SEO benefit of, of doing blog posts. We actually recommend doing guest posts as well as that. So again, if you do like an industry report, reaching out to industry websites and creating content uh, around that. When we've seen firms that do active guest posting, I mean, one guest post can result in, in 20 to 30 downloads if you, if you kind of do it right. And that's the type of active promotion you need to do uh, with that guest post strategy. Yeah, and in, and also uh, in any, you know, kind of thought leader uh, role, right, there's people on Twitter, um, there's there's industry experts right. on LinkedIn um, that will, you know, review, review your content, look at it, and then, uh, you know, sometimes for a fee, sometimes for not, will actually repost it to their followers, right? Right. So you can kind of 
to reach more people um, by finding those industry experts on those social channels, and uh, you can go through them to do either some paid promotion or uh, right. you know, hey, if it's a if it's a killer asset, uh, sometimes these guys will pick it up for nothing yep. and repost. So. Yeah, and one great way to actually read out, reach out to thought leaders is when that cornerstone asset is actually being created, send them a draft as a thought leader and say, oh, yeah. hey. I just want your feedback on this. You know, what do you think? One, you're going to get great advice. Two, when you post that cornerstone asset, you email that thought leader and say, hey, just want to let you know this went live. I guarantee they're going to share that piece of content on, on their social media channels. Oh, yeah, because a lot of these guys, you know, they're, they're promoting themselves and their own thought leadership as much as uh, other people. So, you know, they want to, if you've got a, 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 an awesome industry report that's coming out, yep. they want their name, they want their name attached to it as well. Yeah, so. no, and it's amazing how eager people are to help with stuff like that, too. So, I mean, if you create something, you reach out to three to five thought leaders, get their advice. I guarantee all of them are going to share it. Um, and then that just also includes doing the 30, probably 30 to 60 a month is what we recommend social media updates to, you're not just promoting just the cornerstone content, but you're create, promoting all the, the blog content you're creating as well. That's all kind of promoting together. So that's kind of social and, uh, and blog and SEO stuff. Like what are, what are a couple of other channels that you'd want to push this thing out on? Yeah. Yeah. So one big thing as well is actually doing a webinar around it. So if you create this big cornerstone asset, um, we recommend actually trying to do a webinar so especially again if you do like a research report or something there's tons of data there you don't need to share all that data but you can summarize your findings into a nice 30 to 45 minute webinar and actually promote the cornerstone asset through that webinar well yeah yeah and, and to be fair you know in, in this asset you want you want uh, your readers and your prospects to come away with the right questions to ask so yep. a webinar presents like a great platform for okay now you've seen all this data and this research um, what are the next steps uh, you know, give them the ability to come onto a webinar, ask you questions yep. live about this report. You know your your you know your findings. Yep. Uh, it gives you a chance to number one, justify and validate uh, all the research and work that went into this thing, and number two, a great pathway to connect with uh, with all these folks that have read it and kind of lead them into the next stage. Yeah. No, and that's I mean a great example. We can talk about our positioning cornerstone asset that we did. We did the cornerstone asset. We've done blog and guest posts around it, which have generated leads. We actually did a webinar with. A Accounting Marketing uh, Association, a huge webinar, uh, just specifically on positioning your firm as well. So it all tied together. And that whole webinar, honestly, we pulled that off in that positioning guide. So it was really easy to, to string everything together. So that's how you can kind of string it all together into one coherent strategy again and use that webinar. Which is cool because there is a lot of data that comes out of this stuff. So if you break that down into, you know, infographics is a good example yep. or something like that. Take just you know, one specific metric out of it and make an infographic around it, right? So that they're not having to digest the whole thing. Yep. Um, but it, you know, you can take all of that data and then kind of cut it up into like shareable. You want it, you want it to be shareable on social so that people don't have to share the entire report or something like that. Yeah. But it's just kind of a snippet um, that gives people an idea of, uh, of kind of, you know, what you're all about and the data that's in the report. And it makes it real easy for them to share it out with their network as well. Yeah, you're, you're increasing your reach. Exactly. Really. So not, not everybody's going to download download your cornerstone asset but if you can create little bits that people actually share and increase the reach of that asset that's really all you're after with some of that stuff and it's really interactive and engaging and again it kind of fills that need to not only attract with your content but you need to engage with your content as well and be engaging uh, which kind of really brings it down to I think case studies is kind of really the last piece of kind of developing out this coherent strategy so you have the blog content which is 
bringing people in, you're bringing them into your cornerstone asset, you're doing all this promotion around the content to, to really drive it home, and then the case studies really just prove that you are capable. So if, again, that cornerstone asset, you've identified your audience, it's showing your expertise, now you want corner uh, case studies to actually verify that, that what you're talking about, you can actually get results around. Yeah, and, and you know, none of this stuff is in a vacuum, right? So when we talked earlier about uh, finding those pain points for your customers and your clients and verifying those pain points, this is a great lead-in for some of those case studies. Um, you're going to you know, find specific things that you're solving for a client that's going to make a, a unique specific case study. So you know, keep, you know, keep all that in the back of your mind as you're going through all this because you know, at the end of the day, it's all going to be kind of interconnected. That data is going to be uh, you know, in, your, in your major report is going to be pulled from a lot of what you do for your clients. And then all of that is going to play into uh, who you approach for case studies. Um, so it, it, in, in blog posts, obviously, it can be about specific topics that you have, or specific areas where you have assisted a client with a specific thing. So um, again, all this kind of all this kind of overarch and interplay uh, in the content. Um, don't be too focused on this is just a case study and that's all it is. You know. Right. Yeah, I think maybe we can kind of sum up what firms can expect if they, if they implement this strategy. And yeah, I, let's do it. Yeah, because I, I, I think that's where a lot of firms still struggle. They're going to say, all right, Jay, I'm going to invest in this. And then they, they give up right before they really kind of gain traction. And, and one of the obviously the most important things is you're going to see increased awareness within your targeted niches. And that's obviously the most important that, that firms need is they're going to get that increased awareness when they buy into this strategy. Yeah, and you said earlier, you know, somewhere around, you know, the nine-month mark, right? It, yep. it takes a while to build this stuff up. Yep. Um, so it's not an instant thing. And, you know, to our, our point earlier, um, boy, if you change directions in the middle of this, yep. um, you're just setting yourself back again. So yep. um, that's why I think, you know, we, we said we weren't going to make this about positioning, but positioning is really key, right? A strong, a strong identity of who you are and what you want. Yeah, I mean, I, I did an audit for a client who said, you know, he tried the positioning thing, gave up. Uh, truthfully, he just didn't give it enough time. So yeah. it takes time. If you're actually going to own a position in the market, you're going to create a content marketing strategy around it. Uh, like we said, it's, it's 9 to 18 months. But typically what we're seeing is within the first 12 months, uh, it's not uncommon for firms' visibility to increase at least 200%. 200%. Yep, that's, yeah. that's the growth we're seeing. And it really happens that nine-month mark where all of a sudden you'll be looking at your site traffic. It's flat, it's flat, it's flat. And about that nine-month mark, it really starts to just kind of spike up and really increase. Um, and then with those 12 months, you really see a huge traction gain. Uh, and like I said, it's not uncommon where we're seeing 200% growth. Uh, within 12 months when, when firms really buy into this content program. That's awesome. And so, yeah, you know, 200% growth. And then then tell me why you're not investing in that cornerstone yep. asset, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's It's unfortunate because, again, a lot of firms, again, they just invest in blogging because they have this idea, oh, I'm going to gain all this traction. It's a low barrier to entry, right? Yep. You know? It is, it is. Um, and then lastly, it's just an increase inbound leads and opportunities. So when you really start buying in on this, getting this content strategy going, investing in the cornerstone asset strategy, and then developing uh, the marketing content program around it, uh, you're gonna just start seeing an increase in inbound leads and, and opportunities eventually as people start downloading that, that asset, you're nurturing them, you're gaining more traction, you're gaining visibility within your target market, uh, you just get more qualified opportunities. It's hard to find uh, that kind of benefit by going to you know trade shows and, uh, and, and buying advertising, right? Yep, <laughs> that's, that's definitely it. Uh, I think maybe we can just kind of wrap up here. And, and really what I really just wanna to try to drive home for firms is, is, is really what we're trying to say is, 
your firm just needs a plan. You need something to execute consistently over time, doing a brainstorming around the cornerstone asset, the content you're gonna create around that. Stick with that program for at least nine months and really invest in it. And just build something that says, okay, we're gonna do this deliberately. We're gonna spend money all in the right channels that we need to spend them on. Um, and then you start to really gain faith in the process. You start to have a plan. It's not- well, Everybody's gonna buy in, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah, it's not, oh, well, what content are we gonna create this week? And oh, there's this new tax law. Let's go out and promote a blog yep. post about this. Um, and then really what we're seeing with firms is when you invest in this, about 20, 20 to 25% of your revenue should actually be coming from this strategy. And that's where you're really starting to see success. And once you start gaining traction is you want to see revenue. So as you're invested in this, that's what we're looking for at the end of the day. You're getting that firm visibility, but then you're also seeing that actual revenue growth. Uh, and you really want to tie back at least 20% of your firm's revenue to your content strategy. Solid numbers there, Jay. Awesome, guys. This kind of sums it up for the Growth Marketing Podcast. We will be here next week uh, with another great topic. Yeah, can't wait for it. All right, we'll talk to you guys then.